Hello, and welcome to Orchid Story, a podcast for women who have experienced a big event in their lives that divided it into the before and after. I'm Rachel Nussbaum, and I'm here to help you find meaning and healing through personal narrative now that your life looks different than the one you expected. I'm sharing stories from real life. The details may be different from your story, but the connection is universal. Hi, you are listening to episode 28 of the Orchid Story podcast, where we talk all about healing through personal narrative. I think the intro last week, I said it was episode 37 instead of 27 as I introduced Donna Washington because I was so incredibly nervous to put out that story. It's gotten a great reaction. If you haven't listened to it yet, go ahead and listen to episode 27 with Donna Washington to hear her story, White for a Black Girl. It is time like uh, many people who have a platform, no matter how small my platform may be, it's uh, time for me to align myself with and the Orchid Story community with what's going on right now racially in the United States. We are in the summer of 2020. We have been dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic and more recently the protests across America after the killing of George Floyd. I want to tell you that I am aligned with Black Lives Matter and I created this podcast right here as a way to share other voices and stories. From the first episode, I knew I wanted to share this mic, quote unquote, with uh, women of color and particularly black women. So please check out my prior episodes. I have a bunch of friends that have been on, um, friends and people I admire, I should say, and I would love for you to check out their stories. I think while they may be different than your own, the whole reason I'm here is because there's always some detail that connects us. And I think you'll find that to be true when you go back and listen. The way I thought it would be most apropos, I suppose, to talk with you about my stance on aligning with Black Lives Matter and addressing my white privilege on this platform that I have is to share a story. And I have a new story that I've written to share with you. It's been a minute since I've shared one of my own stories here on the podcast, so I'm really excited and very scared to do that with you here today. A note that I'm a white woman and this story I'm sharing today, I think I'm mostly talking to white women and their experience. I don't want to disclude anyone. And so women of color, please listen and maybe uh, reach out if you hear something that rubs you the wrong way. But I, I, I do think there is something about white people needing to talk to white people. And although there are so many amazing educators um, about racial injustice out there right now and so many resources for us, that is a really, really heavy 
burden for a person of color to to hold, to have to educate white people. And so I bring this story again, I think, to as a as a white woman speaking to people, um, speaking to white people about how I'm working through some of these really challenging thoughts that I have whew, come into my consciousness in the last couple of weeks. So uh, please stick around, listen to the story, and as always, I want to hear your feedback and what you think. So um, the best way to do that is to be on my newsletter and just hit reply to my emails. You can find out more about that at orchidstory.com slash self-care, which leads me to the story for today. Take a listen. Uncovering White Privilege Through Self-Care A few days after George Floyd was killed, I, a white woman, emailed a girlfriend who is black to check in. We both identify with being introverts, and I was worried about how she was doing. She responded, and I could feel the heaviness in her words. She reminded me that this was nothing new. She talked about seeing her own children through the eyes of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. Her words stirred up some thoughts for me that I hadn't fully considered before. While I had always thought that this friend and I shared a lot of similarities, the difference between how I viewed these events compared to the way that my friend does is a stark contrast. First, in the black community, people being killed by police is nothing new. I should know this, but because I don't have to think about race every day as I brush my teeth and head out the door to start my day, it's not in my everyday consciousness. Second, I questioned whether I have ever read about the loss of life of a black person at the hands of a white person and thought about my own kids being in the place of the black person. I don't think so. It didn't feel good to uncover these thoughts within myself. It feels pretty awful to write them down for anyone to read or listen to. But because I have created space in my life for self-reflection, I did not look at my blind spots and go into a shame spiral for days. I did not notice them, then turn to Instagram for distraction. Instead, I sat with them. For the next three days, I kept these two thoughts top of mind. I tried on empathy for my friend, and I attempted to see the protests unfolding through her eyes. I know that I can't ever really know what it's like to be black in America, but I focus more of my, more of my attention on trying to understand. How did I get curious about my privileged thoughts and process them? Through self-care. Society wants women to think that self-care is about treating yourself with things like bubble baths, pedicures, and a glass of rosé after a long day. I am trying to convince women that self-care is about making space in your life to examine your thoughts. Some might call this mindfulness, but I prefer self-care because I like the idea of taking on the onus of caring for oneself. Let me figure out how to care for myself. Thank you very much. 
I like to refer to our inner thoughts as the stories we have about ourselves. Some of them are beautiful and generous. Others, like the two I've spelled out for you here, not so much. I think this is what turns people away from doing this work. We may uncover self-thoughts that are harmful to ourselves and to other people. To me, this is exactly why I encourage women to do this work, because it's an opportunity. It takes time and it's not always comfortable, and that there is the very definition of growth. On the other side of examining our stories lies transformation. When we transform ourselves first, we have the opportunity to transform our families and our communities. Like so many other things, it's a process. These two thoughts I disclose here led me to uncover another big one. I had been debating whether or not to talk to my kids, ages 9 and 11, about what happened to George Floyd. As I went on walks and wrote in my journal and talked to my husband and sat in silence, which are some of my own self-care practices, it dawned on me that my black friend never had a choice about whether to discuss police brutality with her kids. It was always a matter of when, not if. Whereas for me, it was a matter of if, not when. Oof, another blind spot. I certainly don't believe that self-care is the only thing I need to do in my anti-racist work. I know that activism is much more than the recognition and acknowledgement of my white privilege. Even so, it's a good place to start. I want to ask you, who in your life needs to hear this story today? Go ahead and share it with them. And if you love this show, leave me a rating and a review on iTunes. Head over to orchidstory.com if you want more from Orchid Story. And remember, your story is your strength.